Hey everybody, welcome to the In-Depth Show. We have a fantastic show today. We got one of my favorite guys in third chair. We have Phil Calloway here, and uh, we're going to be talking about raising kids, how we can love kids, our grandkids, kids, nieces, nephews, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fantastic. Just want to let you know, next week we're actually going to be at Change Conference. In-Depth is going to be at Change Conference in Toronto. It's going to be a great time. So we're looking forward to that, but we got so much to talk about today, and so let's just dive into the episode. We hope you're blessed. We'll see you on the other side of this music. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Endowed Show. Uh, we got a fantastic show for us today. We're going to be talking about raising kids and uh, or if you have nephews or nieces, what it looks like to help train this next generation uh, to love Jesus, to serve him faithfully. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, Chris, first, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Uh, my favorite Chris. You must be you tired. Yesterday, I do say that every time because I mean it every single time. I appreciate that. Um, how are you doing, though? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Yesterday was a long day. Yeah. Lots yep. of recordings, lots of stuff That's happening, sure. which you will uh, be aware of in just a few moments because our guest, in third, not in third chair, but our actual guest, yeah, our actual guest is here. Yeah, he took his pri- his private jet yesterday. I think so. And yeah. um, he the is G6. with us. The G six. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> We're gonna take okay. up an offering now, actually. Uh, <laughs> Okay, before he before his theme song, the I'm guy sorry, just man. he just can't help Jump it. He it just, just jumps right Should in. Okay, so we have one of my uh, one of my favorites here in the room, and and this I'm excited about his third chair oh, song. <laughs> I uh, worked hard on this, so um, this is his first time in third chair from Union Movement, ladies and gentlemen. We have Brian Pugh. Hey, still the same Brian with the red. Oh my gosh, dude! When he shows up with their own sin, okay, so uh, <laughs> is this the short one or the long one? Oh, this is the long. This one. is the long one. Okay, it. just wait for it. Oh, no. oh my goodness, this is so good. Here it goes. Here it goes. Nowadays, everybody wanna preach just to have something to do, but when it comes down, no truth is said. Just a bunch of gibberish. Union movements here, you won't forget about Q. Oh come on! <laughs> Let's go. Okay, this is the long version. We won't have the long version all the time. No, but uh, this is a song called "Forgot About." Don't don't forget about Pew. <laughs> Don't forget about Pew. <laughs> I just love that part, Okay, so man. I had to, like, plug my nose. <laughs> I was wondering oh, about you. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got something to say. So good, How are you man. doing, Brian? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Awesome, Happy to be man. here, man. It's great to be back on the In Doubt Show. Come on, bro. So good. Third chair. Hey, you got a conference coming up. Tell us a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, we're really pumped. Uh, November 17th and 18th, we're yep. having our inaugural, uh, the Union Conference. It's a yep. young adult conference all about sexuality, identity, and relationships, and yep. tickets it's launched September 1st. Yep. So early bird price is $35. Yep. Uh, it goes up October 1st to uh, 45 and then November 1st to 55. But yep. we're really believing that, you know, this could be a flagship conference in our region and in our nation because um, I think people need to know the free and beautiful design that yes. God's created for, for those God. areas of life, man. So we're pumped. Praise God, man. You and Bonnie are doing such amazing work. Uh, we are huge fans here at the Endowed Show. Uh, we feel, we so, feel the love. Yeah. I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Um, and so, so we have Brian in third chair, and then we have a very special guest who was. Uh, that's why Chris was yeah, up late right. yesterday. Uh, we have uh, Doctor Phil. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope, that's copywritten. Phil Calloway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Phil Calloway, how yeah. are you? Hey. Phil? Yeah. Every settle down, everyone. Settle <laughs> down. Thank party. you. Yes, it is a party. It is a Thank party. Thank you. Um, oh, I'm just doing great. I get to see my wife today. Yes, yeah, so you get to you go know? home today. So he was here yeah. yesterday and doing a lot of filming. And uh, you leave right after this? I do. But I'm yep. so grateful that you get to spend some I time with us. just walk out right in the middle. Yeah, if uh, we I are delayed, he, he might just be gone. It's like, oh, flight, <laughs> got to go. 
is because yeah. your captain, I got, your personal captain, my Lear is waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it's got 50 50 airlines on the side of it. So oh that's not cool. By the way, by the way, Clara, my granddaughter, she's six, she said, I want to pray for you. This was Saturday before wow. I left. And wow. she prayed, Dear Jesus, help the pilot not to crash grandpa's airplane into the water and give grandpa a good life up there. So I don't know if that was up there. <laughs> yeah. Like what. say but if the first was prayer the wasn't air. answered. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If the first prayer is unanswered, Lord, let him have a good time up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, you never know what kids So will she do. covered all your bases. Oh, uh, six years old and she six. asked to pray for you. Yep. Kind I love cool. that, man. We're going to be talking about kids today. That's a fantastic segue because, you know, I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and you don't know this, but we're expecting baby number three. Did I tell you this? Oh, way to go. We're expecting you know, you baby probably did, but I'm a guy. My You're wife always guy. says, what, what, but but they had quadruplets, and I, so you didn't I tell didn't, me. And, yeah, oh, know. that's right. They did. How many is that? 14? Qua- is quadru- that, I don't is even fa- know. I think that's quadruplets. Quadruplets. That would be four. Qu- quadruplets is four. But, but yeah, so you, you had twins. Congratulations. I did. So that's yeah. half of the Well, qu- I did. You did not. Well, you did not. Bonnie, I, <laughs> you did I did not. my part on the front end. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then like Bonnie gave yeah. birth to twins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done having children, by the way. I Are you? That I think you could pop out one yeah. more. Yeah. We had a little <laughs> procedure this week. and that took This week? This week. Yeah. I'm 62. So, you know, but I'm an optimist and you never know. You look a little sedated. Thank you. Compared to the last. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Sorry, Thank did you. you say something? Thank you. <laughs> Get the man more ice. It's already <laughs> melted. It's Glazed already melted. Look in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of show am I on here? Okay. <laughs> okay, so granddaughter, six years old, praying for you. Uh, my boy uh, often asks to pray for me, and we'll lay down in bed, and we'll pray together, and it's just the sweetest time. Um but we want to talk about grandkids and what does it look like and and kids. What does it look like to raise godly kids? Some of you may have young children. Some of you might be terrified to have children. Um, but uh, between the four of us, Chris, Brian, Phil, myself, we represent fourteen children. Oh, oh man, fourteen wow. children. So we are yeah. being well fruitful done, and man. multiplying. Yeah. Well, you stopped multiplying, but we are being fruitful yeah, and you're multiplying. Still, yeah, there's hope for you guys. There's hope for us. But uh, you have fourteen grandkids. We do. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So you have yep. three kids. Someone and asked me, are you guys, are you, are you Mormon or Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, well, we're exhausted. That's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're intensely grateful facts. and happy. We really are. Yeah. They're but such yeah, a blessing. 14. I've heard people say that the grandkids are more fun than the kids. Like if yeah, they knew how fun grandkids were, we would have just skipped the kids. And I'm like, well, dude, that doesn't actually... <laughs> work it's really difficult it's very difficult but they are better than actual children they simply are yeah and so if your kids are watching right now yeah (laughs) yeah my kids no they will come they'll bring the kids over to the house and about after half an hour of me playing with the kids i'll say oh yeah oh son yes hi that happens with us too we go to mom and dad's house and it's like you just push us aside okay all right cool i see i get it i get it um but um you know, a lot of people are worried or nervous to raise kids in a time like today. Um, you know, a lot of people are worried about inflation, the cost of kids, all that kind of stuff. So you have three kids, 14 grandkids. You have six boys. Uh, we went to the beach the other day, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did. And um, and it was... Uh, it, it that was beach like, didn't see us coming, man. We rolled no, it was like <laughs> It was like entourage, man. Like we this guy's like a gangster crew. rapper posse. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys need a permit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For that many kids? <laughs> 
well, they thought it was a protest or something that we were all rolling in there. Yeah, they're going, oh, there's a protest? That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> we're having more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. get a lot of looks. I'm sure you guys get a lot of looks. Six oh, kids. Oh, just for me or just yeah. because of the family? Well, for you personally, oh, okay. with a sweater Thanks. like that yeah, and yeah, your just, swagger. You know. swag. <laughs> yeah. No, we do, man. We get what a, a good friend of mine coined the phrase, the environmental stare, because mm-hmm. we're having kids and we're ruining the planet. You yeah, know? Exactly. So, but uh, The environmental honest, stare. Yeah, but man, That's we fine. love it, man. Honestly, you know, we got a full van and a full life and... Mm-hmm. You know, I get that Catholic question too. Like, oh, are you Catholic? No, I'm just, I'm Protestant. I just, like, I don't know how. I don't just know being fruitful and multiplying. Dude, dude, seriously. Just being biblical. You know, my wife and I would just push the beds together. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but yeah. you have godly kids. Your kids love yeah. the Lord, and it's just so cool to well, see. Well, just a second. They're they're one and two. Well, they, I mean, his first word was Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, you no, have, you're old. You have 15 year old twins. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for cool. sure. And Some people would, that'd be enough to just send them running off into the woods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We loved the children, the, the teenage years. We just did. Yeah. And I um, think we've tried to change our perspective on that because that's what everybody says like, oh, they're cute now or they're fun now. Just wait till they're teenagers. And, and I think, I don't know if it's just the fact that we've been in youth ministry, young adult ministry for several years in our, in our life that like, we just love the next generation so much. And, and, uh, we've been reading a book by Paul David Tripp called the age of opportunity. Um, and just seeing those years as the teenage years as those are the age of opportunity to really impart into your, um, into your kids. And so, yeah, we love, we've, we've had more fun in these last few years as they've kind of stepped into, yeah, yeah, the youth age group, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't use that term teenager, but it's a whole other conversation. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, but man, it's so great. It's a lot of fun. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Every season's different, but has its beauty and chaos, obviously. But uh, we had a guy a couple, uh, was it last week? Yeah, last week, Matt, Matt Boga. And he was just talking yeah. about, you know, the blessings far outweigh the yeah. chaos. 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And but a lot of people are afraid of the chaos, but man, the blessings. And I remember talking about talking about this with you and Bonnie when you were on last season. Um you know, people just like, "Oh, you know, when we're pregnant, all these people at church were like, "Oh, your life's over. Oh, you might as well stop. You can't do this and you can't do that anymore. You're not going to be able to sleep." And it's just like negative, 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 negative. No one talked about the blessings. Mm-hmm. Even in my church family. Yeah. And um baby came and I was like, why didn't anyone tell me? Like I started having anxiety yeah. leading up to it. Like literally had an anxiety attack. Um, and they're just the greatest gifts ever. Yeah. Well, we're so incredibly self-centered and there's nothing quite like children to show us that. Because yeah. suddenly you have these children. We had three in three years. The anesthetic from the first birth was still working for the third. They came that fast, <laughs> right? But you suddenly are realize you just can't pick up and go somewhere. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It, it, you, you need strollers yeah. and you need yeah. you know uh, all kinds of things and and kids. You mm. have to try to remember to put the kids in. Yes, don't forget and that. Away you go. But when we you're were selfish. Pa- when we were packing up our uh, car after we hung out at the beach, uh, we're still throwing in strollers and whatever. And then these guys just cruise in their swagger van, and they're like, "Peace." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, he has an entourage of people helping." Yeah. Right now our kids are little, so we have to do all the things for them. I don't carry my own bags anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy's got all his boys just doing everything for him. It's no, just, no, I was great. a pack animal throughout <laughs> yeah. those years. I was it was a just, Sherpa. Was always those years. Yeah. yeah. Carrying stuff for everybody. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But okay, so 
Um, with your three kids and your six kids, and what was it like, or what are you guys doing in the context of your home to help um, just nurture this uh, lifestyle and just teaching scripture to your kids? What did it look like? So you have three kids who love the Lord, and now fourteen grandkids, right. and your six-year-old granddaughter is praying for you. Yeah. Take us back to what it was like for you and Ramona raising kids. What things did you do? Yeah. to help them be founded and rooted in the Lord. I was terrified to have children. Yeah. Uh, and so is everybody now. In fact, four out of 10 of your generation are saying no kids for us. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that way back in the 1800s for us. But <laughs> we, um, come on. You know, I, uh, if, well, I didn't want to have kids. And then my wife stood before me in some rather expensive lingerie and said, <laughs> honey, let's have kids, tons of them. And it seemed like a great idea at the time. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, these oh kids come God. along and they have no m mute buttons, no instruction yeah. manuals and no guarantees. So it's uh, it's quite a life. But I remember from the very start, my uh, I, people ask me, when did you become a Christian? And I tell them May 31st, 1986, because that was the first time I held a little baby in my arms. Mm -hmm. I had never held a baby before. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I looked at this little guy, Stephen, said my wife passed the widest smile I'd ever seen on her face. And I suddenly, it just smacked me. Yeah. You know, you have been for 25 years of your life, a hypocrite. Wow. Close to the church, but far from God. You're holding in your arms the one little guy that you won't be able to hide it from. And wow. I went home that night, I knelt by an empty bed in an empty house and I just cried out to God, said, this is way too big for me. And make me real. I want this precious little guy to hunger and thirst wow. after righteousness. Wow. And uh, if he won't see it in me, He's got two strikes against him already. And I think that was the foundation for parenting for me was realizing that I can't expect of my children what I'm not offering them. Mm. And uh, to get on my knees before God every single day, it is too big of a task. But the joy that has come, I can say over all these years, our kids are now in their thirties and really it's by God's grace alone mm -hmm. that they are walking with him because I've made so many mistakes. We yeah. all would say that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, not Chris. But, well, yeah, uh, that's why he's my favorite Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, man, oh man, they have forgiven me. I have mm. learned, I'm, I'm a good uh, uh, repenter. Um, mm. I've learned that with my kids. That's and, actually very important though. Yeah, a lot of parents try to just kind of, you know, yeah. move on or they, they're too afraid to repent. Yeah, to no, a child. you go and you ask forgiveness. Yeah. But when I was a kid, uh, my parents, my mom dealt with incredible depression. My dad was raised by wolves. I mean, there were, there were gunfights in his house. So, you know, how they parented anyone hmm. uh, was, was just remarkable. And I was able to watch my dad every morning. He would sit at the table and he would eat and he had this little devotional and he would read it. It was all scripture. And I just saw that. I didn't start to do that then, but I saw that. Mm -hmm. I saw my mom kneeling at the couch, at, at the rocking chair, and that forever transformed my parenting. So we start there, mm -hmm. you know, we start there. And uh, I remember uh, when Stephen was four, Jeffrey was one, and we heard this conversation in the bathtub. They were Saturday night getting ready, you know, to, it, it was bath night in our house, you know, once a year we bathed. <laughs> and they're in there and we hear this, uh, Jeffrey, you have done sins, is the four-year-old. Wow. You have done <clears throat> sins. And Jeffrey goes, yeah, he's one. And <laughs> you shall go to hell, he said. And Jeff goes, yeah, he's drinking bath water. Yeah. <laughs> 
And Stephen says, but hell is hot. You don't want to go there. And uh, Jeff goes, yeah. Then pray a prayer after me. And this four-year-old, no four-year-old, he prays a prayer for this little one-year-old. And of course, the next minute, he's standing in front of us wearing a smile. And that was it. And he said, Jeffrey, you know, just asked Jesus into his heart. And that was uh, kind of our introduction to evangelism. <laughs> you know, we weren't this kind of couple that was always trying to get them into the kingdom. It was just simply living our lives. Yeah, they're watching. Reading to them <clears throat> great books, Bible mm. story books sometimes, and loving them. And it's the most natural thing now for mm. them to be telling others about Jesus and, and living before their own children. So wow. it's, it's been quite a ride. Amazing. Amazing. What a story, man. I know, dude. That wrecks me, man. Seriously. <laughs> dude, like, yeah, where you're sharing about the first time you held your kids. Like, I've, I've cried every time, every delivery, I've cried because it's just yeah. such a beautiful gift. And But I think that's the thing that that really keeps me broken or try, trying to just be humble before the Lord is knowing the potential I have to really mess up the image of God that they yeah. that they see. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody talking about that it took them like 25 years to wipe their dad's face off of the face of God, you know? And I go like, that wrecks me, you know? Like I, I want to like, God, keep me humble, um, you know, do your work in me so that my, my kids see you, see an authentic expression of who you are, you know? Um, but that, that's, yeah, mm. it's the greatest privilege is to be a dad, um, but it's a lot of responsibility, man. Yeah. That's Julian waiting. Lennon, John Lennon, the, the ex-Beatle, his son Julian said about him, the only thing my dad taught me was how not to be a father. Oh, he wow. said, my dad could talk about peace and love out loud to the world, but he could never show it to those who supposedly meant the most to him, his yeah. wife and his kid. What a travesty. Isn't that yeah. something? Yeah. So I, I know, you know, Martin Luther looked, uh, he talked about how his own father was hard, unyielding and relentless. He said, I can't help but think of God that way, mm. which is what you're saying, wiping that image off. And, uh, you know, thank God for a, a dad who, who loved me. Didn't say it until he was 78 years of age. Oh, wow. His generation didn't. Yeah. But there I, I remember where I was standing and I, I never doubted that he loved me, mm. but it was nice to hear it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And even like so, even for like moms, dads, uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure. That's yeah. a lot of pressure. It is to yeah. like you know. Well, I think yeah, it, but the you know the the grace of God. I just keep coming back to it on airplanes when I'm talking to individuals who find out I'm a Christian. Coming back to the grace of God, and we're mm. not known for it. We sadly aren't. We're known more for what we stand against than what we stand for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember just telling a lady the other day, it's by grace we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. It's not of works. We just mm -hmm. boast about that. And it was just, it lit up her face. She had ra been raised in, in Sunday school and hadn't been to church in about 50 years. And she said, no, that's what it's all about. Wow. And I said, it is. It's that relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus, not, yeah. a, not a religion. And so our kids need to see this through uh, our humility, yeah. our ability to say, um, sorry, I didn't get that right. Or, you yeah. know, in the age you're in with 15-year-olds being able to not always know the answer to their questions, but being thrilled that they're asking them. There is mm -hmm. no question in mm -hmm. our home that was ever 
mm -hmm. uh, disallowed. It was, yeah. well, let's talk about it. I don't know. Let me help you find out. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Our kids will have a tendency if they don't want to go to bed, they'll ask me a theological question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great ploy. It used to yeah. be a drink of water. I just oh, want to. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like, tell me about predestination. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> oh, seriously. Will there be mosquitoes in heaven? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you talk about Stephen, four years old, in the tub with Jeffrey. Yeah ministering evangelism um so i i was going to ask the question like it when is you know sharing or i guess you share your faith and you live an example from the moment they're born but like our boy was four years old when uh, he had a book that he got from church where it just kind of walks through the gospel message and at the end it's like a prayer and explains you know sin and all that kind of stuff and so michelle was walking him through it and then he said he wanted to do it. He wanted to pray and confess his sin to the Lord and ex accept Jesus into his heart. So he comes running down January 30, 1.30 p.m. It was like I it's burned in my brain in my brain. But he comes down, he runs downstairs, Daddy, Daddy, like I'm a Christian. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, and he shows me the book and he just like gave his life to the Lord, and I'm just bawling and just mm -hmm. hugging him. And I'm like, it just seems like he legitimately gets it. He's a very smart four-year-old. And, you know, we read Bible stories all the time. We do all these different things. But I had doubts in my mind. Okay, he's four. Was it legit? I think you have brainwashed that child. You yes. have traumatized that child. And you Such need to go and repent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you don't control that. That's, yeah. I, I think he's going to, in time, realize more of what he's done. Yeah. But he's a four-year-old who lives in wonder. And yeah. he sees a dad who loves Jesus. Um you know, it's it's one of the greatest gifts we can ever pass along. Yeah. Is just simply, you know, I, I think I remember the day I realized my children have gone from following the people who love Jesus to following Him for themselves. Wow. And that comes later. That came, I think, a lot later for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, Ezra, get this, Andrew. Just the other day, my my daughter-in-law sends me a text. Ezra came up to her. He's three. Keep in mind, he's grown up in a home. They're just, they pray before meals. They love Jesus. They go to church. Mm -hmm. There's no reason these kids wouldn't trust them entirely because mm -hmm. they're parents who, who love them. And uh, so he, he comes and he, he folds his hands. He's three. He's our adopted little guy. This indigenous, fantastic little boy. Mm. And he says, dear Jesus, come. He, he said, um, build a roof over my heart and come live in it. Wow. I ask you to forgive me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, Ray Lynn's a mess. And I am, as I read this, because I know just to get on that road mm, and start yeah. with him is one of the greatest things of all. We have prayed for every single one of our children and grandchildren mm. that God would give them a soft heart. Mm. Like mm -hmm. soften them, Lord to the things of you. When we see that happen, there's there's nothing like it, which yeah. is why you responded the way you did. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll come to understand more of that in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think too, like we as parents, like we can't be responsible for making something grow, but you can water, you can obviously have to plant the seed, sow the seed mm -hmm. in the, the lives of your kids and water it. But at the end of the day, like Paul says, you know, like it's God who brings the increase. It's mm -hmm. God who causes this growth. And and I think I think what you said is so important, just honestly, authentically following the Lord and having a real relationship with Jesus, not just like a 
um, superficial mm-hmm. kind of just religious practice. Like, oh yeah, Jesus owns my Sunday morning, but the rest of my life is mine. But like mm-hmm. you're constantly, you know, and you're talking about it too. Like I think they can connect with that, that it's not just some weird practice, but it's a real, real life relationship yeah. with the Lord. I think, cause I think kids can, can sense the difference. You know what yeah. I mean? They can, they can smell the, yeah. the stuff, you know, yeah. right. But, yeah. um, but they can see the authentic too. Yeah. Um, and that's just like, that's our hope is just that, Lord, you're going to have to cause these seeds that we're sowing because we've told our boys so many times like, oh, you know, when they're like, I don't know if I want to go to church today and all this stuff. It's like, well, this is what we're doing as a family. Mm-hmm. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And at, at some point, you're going to have to make that decision for yourself. Like, are you going to really surrender to Christ? And they have, like they have said that too. But but I think sometimes they don't know what they're signing up for. You know what I mean? Because yeah. And like we all know, as we walk with the Lord, there's certain checkpoints where you actually have to surrender again. Not mm-hmm. that you're being saved again, but it's a deeper level of surrender mm-hmm. and saying, I'm actually going to give my all to Jesus again. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have to make that that decision, but it's it's really God that brings the increase. And I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. We had during COVID uh, three adopted grandkids come into our lives. Amazing. Two of them, um, I have to be really careful what I say publicly, but... Two of them came from a situation that was just uh, beyond belief that would just cause you to be shocked mm. with what had happened. But uh, I guess what I can say is that their mother died mm. and they were five and four. They knew our son and his wife and their mother said, if anything happens to me, would you guys take the kids? So here we found early on in COVID, boom, this question Nobody in that family wanted them. They were atheists. You take them. So mm. I first met my grandson, Andre, on the phone, five years of age, and uh, calling me grandpa. Mm. And we went to their house two hours away. He came running. Wow. This five-year-old boy and just embraced me from moment one. There has been never any thought of him being other than <laughs> just this awesome grandchild. But no knowledge of the Bible, mm-hmm. no knowledge of scripture or of prayer or of who Jesus is, any of that. And suddenly, you know, we're praying at meals and we're talking about the Lord. We take them to church and we're not cramming anything down their throats. Yeah, yeah. It's just, this is the way we live. And suddenly he wants what we have. Mm. He sees that. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, I'll try to make this real short, but I'm here I am by his bed at night and I'm just saying, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you, Andre. Mm. And I prayed with him. And I said, how are you doing? We'd been playing football. We'd been kicking a ball around, throwing a baseball. I said, how are you doing? And he said, not good. Mm. I'm sad. Like, I kind of know why you're sad. And I said, um, i tell you what'll help. Two things. Tell me something you're, you're glad about. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm glad for you. He said, you're, you're kind to me. You love me. And I said, oh, I do. I'm glad for my mom and dad. And then um, he said, uh, I, I said, you know, they chose you. And he said, they did. I said, my parents didn't choose me, you know. He said, but they would have. They should have. <laughs> you're okay, he said. You know, we start to laugh. I said to him, the second thing I want to do with you is uh, close your eyes and just listen to this. And I said, the Lord is my shepherd. Hmm. I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I went through that whole thing. And I can see this smile on his face. His eyes are closed. And he opens his eyes when I finished Psalm 23. And he says, I could see that, he said. And I told him, do you want to be able to see that all the time, like whenever you want to? I'll give you 20 bucks. I'll bribe you. 20 bucks if you memorize Psalm 23. Well, the other day, Chris knew about this story. He came to me and he memorized it. And uh, in front of all the other five siblings, he said this and I was able to hand him 20 bucks. And some say, well, you're just brainwashing that child. Oh no, Mm. you can't believe the hope and the joy this brings to that child. To know that he is loved, to know that we are loved, whoever you are, whatever you've done, Mm. God loves you. Mm. It's the most remarkable thing. So we're watching this happen in, in the home and, and just praying because we know, you know what, our kids, they're, they're one bad decision from disaster at all times like mm-hmm. the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So it's this walking in humility before the Savior and, and, and whatever you can do to get the word into your kids' lives if you have to pay them. I figured if, uh, if this would cost me over $3,000 a month if the 14 grandkids started <laughs> memorizing a certain Best amount. Best investment of your life. Best investment of my life, but yeah. I'm going to have to come and live, live at your house. Yeah, that's you're going to have to sell that jet. You're going to have to sell that jet. You can't afford yeah, a private oh, jet man. and pay for I them. like that jet. <laughs> but I really like that jet. Oh. <laughs> so well, you, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say too, like even when it came to church services, like we, like usually even right now, like on the way home, we'll be like, all right, guys, tell me something about the message. Like if they... If they weren't serving in kids' church or something like that, if they were in the mess, if they were in for the the preaching, tell me, you know, what was preached today. Tell me what stood out to you. And they know that on the other side of answering, like I'll even ask them some some pointed questions. They know that donuts are on the other side of that. You know what I mean? So it's like we're rewarding a diligent, a diligent, intentional uh, pursuit mm-hmm. uh, to paying attention to the Word of God in their life. Like, yeah. why would you not want to reward that? But also we told them like, hey guys, you don't have to stand for all of worship, but you do have to stand for two songs. And then you can yeah. sit after that. And then bef- next thing you know, they're standing for the for the whole the whole service. Yeah. You know, and they're participating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they're kind of do like the little like preteen raise yeah. their hands like this. And before you know it, their hands are up and they're the stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My fish is this big. Is so it the, Tim Hawkins? So the preacher yeah, yeah, yeah. has yeah. to preacher has to tell them to sit down. <laughs> While well, he's speaking. Yeah, exactly. they, stand, they stand during the whole month. Yeah, whole seriously, they just stand right there. Yeah. That's up. cool. And the whole time. You guys, the fact is, where else are they learning morals? Where else are they learning character today? Yeah. At school? Where? Besides church and home. Right. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a great responsibility for it's, us to, it's huge. to build yeah. character. Yeah. Kids that will, will stand up for what is right and true. Yeah. And lovely yeah. and of good report and all of those things. Yeah. And I will say too, like the community of the church for them to be part of the, the yeah. community. And and I, I feel like this is such a downfall that like um like kids are now leading their parents to church. I don't know if you've seen some of the stats that like um but that's maybe a side topic. I won't go down there, but like being part because of the, the ki- parents bring the kids to church. No, the, the, they the, want to go. The kid yeah, the kids yeah, bring yeah. their parents yeah, to yeah, church yeah. now, yeah. um, which is just heartbreaking. But um, but being like a family actually being a part of the community and the kids being a part of the community, mm-hmm. because what I've found so helpful is that there's a group of young adult, young adults and, and youth leaders who like passionately love Jesus. 
and my kids think that they're cooler than I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, wow, wow, they're they're loving Jesus and they're pursuing God too. Like, wow, I didn't know. Like, I just thought it was just my crazy parents. You know what I mean? Because like, it's like I'm always going to be their dad. Um, and as much as I, I think they think I'm cool, but <laughs> it's just like I'm thankful for the community of believers too that like yeah, they get to huge. see a yeah. pattern of what yeah. could be. And I bring it up a lot of times too. I'm like, do you think do you think your youth leader would would want to know like that that's I'm not trying to throw my kids under the bus, but like, do you think that this youth leader, do you think that's the type of decisions he's yeah, making? Yeah. yeah. Like, do you want to be like him or do you want to be like this person? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it creates they get to see a a an actual type and a shadow of who they could become, mm. you know, if they faithfully follow the Lord. So in community when they see other believers. Exactly. Is it because like eventually we're just not cool anymore? Man, you're just always dad. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I try to be oh, a cool dad. dad. You know what I mean? But like, so I try to, but uh, I, I stopped trying. It works trying. for a while. I stopped trying when I watched, it was like on Jimmy Fallon or something, and it was Jamie Foxx. And he was talking about how he's dropping his daughter off at high school in his like Bentley convertible. And it's like, Jamie Foxx, you're pulling up in a Bentley. You're a pretty big deal. And she's so embarrassed. Like, dad dropped me off like across the street or something. I'm yeah. so embarrassed of you. I'm like, okay. If she's embarrassed of Jamie Foxx dropping her off at school in a Bentley, then I'm a dweeb, man. Are you <laughs> yeah, kidding me? Coolness ends when they stop holding hands with you at the mall. Yeah. Or wherever it is. With my yeah, yeah with my little with my little boy, like he's playing soccer. I'm like, oh, get over here. And he like gives me a kiss in the mouth. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's probably not gonna happen in the next not, couple not of years. For long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for long. And that's but, okay. That's okay. You know, it it's it okay. gets even better as you Live like you're living. Yeah. It does. I yeah. tell younger parents that. Don't fear those days to come. You know, God's going to be with you and, and you are going to have a far more of a blast than you know. You know, we, we've been able to take winter vacations uh, thanks to all the air miles I com compile. And on his jet. Somebody <laughs> said, on my jet, somebody said, uh, you take your kids with you? Yeah. Yeah. Vacation. We love it. We just love being with them, yeah. And uh, we like like getting away from them as well. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I get both. I get both. Um, we need both for sure. So, what would you tell people who are watching who are um, just terrified to have kids? Nothing worthwhile in life that I ever accomplished didn't initially scare me half to death. Hmm. God said, be fruitful and multiply. That doesn't mean you have to have six or eight or 12. Mm -hmm. uh, it what? means you have to have 14. <laughs> it means you Poor have to have Poor Brian's 16. trying to be biblical. And next thing you know, he could have just had three. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you're my age, it is an amazing gift to have these children. Yep. And I don't know who's going to cry at your funeral. Mm. I don't know who's going to cry at your deathbed. Uh, but you'd better find some and hang out with them. Um, so there's no joy. And that's just the way God has wired us. Yeah. And, and, some watching are saying, well, we can't have kids. And, and if you're able to adopt, that would be fantastic. But, uh, you know, God loves you, whatever you do. Yeah. But I, you know, if, if the sole entirety of your family is yourself and your wife and a dog that uh, keeps dying and then another one comes along, then, you know, see what you can do. Yeah. Borrow a kid. They, you'd be surprised how many parents would say, hey, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take them. Yeah. Here, we'll give you one. Yeah, just practice. Yeah. 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 I I feel like um, I, I don't I don't know if the, like I think that's like a response to pain hmm. and a response to a bad example, you know, hmm. of what family could have looked like, their own deficit in their own life. And so, like, there's a part of me that wants to validate that that pain is real. 
but I also know that like God's design is mm-hmm. beautiful and healing and restorative. Like there was, there was a deficit in my heart. Um, and it's, I don't want to just like paint this picture that it's just like selfish means to have children. Like it's just to meet your own internal need. Cause that's, that's, that's not going to last very long. Um, but I just know what it did in my heart to be able to hold my kids and feel the sense like when they were first born and feel this overwhelming sense of love that I have as a sinful man, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that this is the type of love I have for this, this child who's done nothing for me. Mm-hmm. He's just shown up and I go like, how much more does the the love of the father yeah. does yeah. he have for me? You know, and does he have for him? And that was so restorative. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, um, so I, I want to encourage people that like, you know, get to the, like ask the bigger question, like, why is it that you don't want to have kids? Why are you scared? Mm-hmm. And, and work that out mm-hmm. um, and, and see that, that God's design is beautiful yeah. and is restorative and is, is for your flourishing. Yeah. You know? So, so good, man. So good. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before where it's like you, you meet people all the time once they're older no one's ever said, I wish I had one less kid. They'll always say, I wish we had more because yeah. they're just such a gift. Yeah. Um, and so it's important. Um, you So you have 14 grandkids, you have three kids, and you have a book that you've been working. You Well, you have a couple, do you have a couple books that are the Jake, or you're doing a new Jake series, starting with the yeah. first one? Yeah, well, we, uh, I, I've done these stories for kids yeah. that yeah. We've, we've sold tens of thousands of these on CD. Mm-hmm. And so we adapted one of the stories, a Christmas story, uh, Jake and the Christmas Surprise. Yeah. Um, there's rarely a day that goes by when I don't hear from a kid that mm-hmm. writes me a handwritten letter wow. or, you know, sends something from their mother's email or comes over to my house or sees me after an event and says, would you please, please, please write more of those Jake stories. Wow. They go to sleep with them at night, sort of like Odyssey. Oh, uh, yeah, folks totally. on the family does. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this is the first one we're, we're doing this way in print. as a, yeah. uh, as a in-print book uh, that I think people are going to really enjoy uh, yeah. because it's, it's for grown-ups. I'm a grandpa and I read all the time to my grandkids and I sort of know what they're hoping to encounter. And it's yeah. a great story with some purpose and meaning in it. We've actually put scripture in this that wasn't a part of the original um, uh, design of it, but put scripture and just and more to the story mm-hmm. and then some questions that can be asked. So you can you can have devotions, whatever you want cool. to call it cool. uh, with your kids. That's amazing. That comes out, yeah. I think, in November. Is that it, right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you can get it for, three if, for free if you get to the right spot. Nice. And uh, not that we have any Mennonites who would want to... Uh, <laughs> Get something for free. I don't. <laughs> they, they, they like would. to pay full for full full price. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and all the proceeds go to needy children too. Amazing to my children. Yeah, to so, your. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you we have two children and and a third child? Yeah. Well, two really nice children and, and a third. And then your third is kind of eh. the third child as yeah. well. Okay, so we're expecting baby number three. Do you remember the transition from two to three? Because I asked the guy last week and he said, "Do you want the honest truth?" And I'm like, "I don't know." It was yeah. like live on air. And he said, well, it was chaos. The truth is no. But you have three under three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's you're, hard. You're officially outnumbered. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. There are more more kids than you have people who are adults. Because when our third comes, our oldest will be six. So that's a little different, I think, will be a little. I'm basically trying to, you know, hype myself yeah. up and make myself feel comfortable. You're going to ask every single guest. Yeah, it's like, hey, season. so can you tell me? Like, everyone's like, chaos, chaos. I'm like. 
Dang it, man. <laughs> you know what? It, really, looking back, you realize they they wanted to kill each other at times. Yeah. There, there were those, you know, I took my son's golfing sometimes and I thought this is will be the end of them. They're, they're going to tear each other's limbs off. <laughs> but they today are so close. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it, what a gift to us to see their relationship change over the years. Yeah. And part of that is is just seeing mom and dad yeah. hang in there during tough times and yeah. work on their relationship. Yeah. 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 And so I wonder, um, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, being authentic and including the word in your, you know, daily life and prayer, praying over meals and going to church and kind of creating these rhythms and these structures to kind of help them navigate when they're younger. What if we do all the right things and a child just says, no, I don't want anything to do with it? How would you... Um, coach parents uh, in that situation where they've tried everything they possibly could and the kids have wandered? Well, I think we all know those parents, right? And that's why I'm almost hesitant to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, because I have close friends who have been truly amazing parents and one or more of their children have walked away from God. Mm. So that's not encouraging to a young parent. No. But if I could say something, I, I'd like to say a number of things, but I... Um, say a number of things. I, I'd say go easy on yourself. Mm. You know, the old saying was, well, you know, God's kids didn't turn out so well. Mm. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, whatever your theology is on that. But I do know there's something super scary when you step out. I remember Linda Ronstadt, very famous singer back in the 80s, said this, I will never be married because to love someone that much, there is too much heartache. Hmm. And she's right. You open yourself up to love, there's heartache. There is. Um, But, you know, these kids, um, by God's grace, have chosen to walk with him. I spent Sunday morning part of it with a man who is determined that he will never, he's on his deathbed. And he is not going to bow his knee to mm. Jesus. That's it. And I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. Mm. But pray for those kids that they'll have a softness of heart. And if you're experiencing that, go easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. Go easy on yourself. And I, I, you know, I've talked to Franklin Graham years ago about being a prodigal. Mm. But he said, I would come in at night and my mother would be there. He said, she never preached at me. Mm. She was reading her Bible. I was you know, drunk. He would come in and there she was, she'd be praying for him. And all she'd say was, glad you're home, son. Hmm. And he knew, he knew the right answers. Um, so don't be preaching at them, be loving them. Yeah. Live a great example before them as much as you can. Apologize when you haven't. Um, but God, God is sovereign mm-hmm. and uh, never stop praying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the keeping power of God. You mm. know what I mean? That like, and it's like you say, it's difficult to speak to these things. Cause like, I, I can't speak from experience. You know what I mean? And I don't want to trivialize or minimize somebody's heartbreaking experience right now. But like, I think, you know, my prayer would be like, God, just keep them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know where they are. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I don't know where they are, if they're doing something wild and crazy right now, there's some place that we, that they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Like, if it's the, you know, the prodigal son finding himself 
in the worst place for a Jewish young man to be is in the pig pen. Mm. You know what I mean? God, get a hold of his heart. Let him remember what it was like, mm. you know, in your presence. Let him remember what it was like to be around people who loved him and yeah. and your love for him. Like, yeah. So just like like you're saying, just be praying that that the Lord captures their heart because ultimately, you know, that's that's the saving yeah. power right there is the, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit working in, in the yeah. heart of people. So. Yeah. yeah, and prayer prayer is a lot bigger than we um, think. Mm-hmm. My mom prayed for me every day, every Sunday when I was kind of wandering and you know whatever in high school. I'd watch her and dad go up to the front of the church and pray, and I knew they were praying for me, and it was like bugging me, and it was almost like I started to pray against their prayers, which means it made me pray. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, now I'm like, now I'm doing it. Like, what <laughs> no, the heck happened? No. Oh, hey, yeah, uh, just yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, but they just prayed and prayed and prayed and believed and prayed and prayed and prayed and yeah. Um, Man, prayer is everything. We need to pray for our kids. And if you don't have kids, but you have nieces, nephews, there's always someone in our lives, in our sphere of influence, that is young and needs uh, godly examples. Because you were even saying, like, oh, the schools, you know, the friends, like, where are they going to go to develop character and to learn um, just uh, the truths that we so love um, in Scripture? Yeah. And it just mm-hmm. it starts in the home and starts with aunts and uncles and moms and dads and, you know. Um, it's a very important ministry. My mom taught me to pray when I was a little kid. Uh, if I should die before I wake, I pray thee, Lord, my soul to take. And I'm thinking, I'm four. What am I going <laughs> to die of? Huh? Yeah. Do you know something Arden I of don't. the arteries? Yeah. Do you have stones? All those donuts? Dang Osteoporosis? <laughs> what? Yeah. And then my older brother threatened to kill me, and my prayers took on new urgency. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I literally could die. <laughs> Which tonight. you know is is kind of the way it is, and and so that's one of the things we pray for is that God would bring our kids into impossible situations that'll bring them to the end of themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not a very nice prayer, and we don't mm-hmm. like to pray it, but that's often that can be the turning point. And I think it has been in my own life mm-hmm. with a lot of difficulties that we've been up against, where you realize, no, I. Um, I need Jesus badly. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say this? Um, speaking of hardship, I think, and, and we're four married guys here, and, and my kids have come back to us at different times and said, thank you wow. for loving mom. Thank you for loving dad. Because my wife went through so many seizures and I was just there, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And our daughter came recently to my wife and just said, you know, you guys showed me wow. how to live when life is hard. Wow. And I think those are priceless things that we can do. And if you as a parent are looking at these, these obstacles in front of you and these terrifying fears and whatever, make sure that you turn to God in those times, that you seek him rather than seeking your own way. And I hear so often, I'm going to do my thing. Well, then you're going to do the enemy's thing. That's what you're Mm. going to do. Mm. You're doing it your way. No, we lay our lives down for each other. We lay our lives down for our kids too. And and we love them and show them. Uh, And that's that's the love of God being reflected and mirrored in us when we do that. Yeah. Phil, can, can you tell me the story or like, what would you say to your kids when they are trying to pray, but they feel like they can't really connect with God. Cause I know like, cause I, th- I don't know if we've done a disservice, but sometimes like my wife and I, the language that we'll use is like, oh yeah, I felt, I sense God speaking to me through this passage or God was speaking to me this. And, 
and all these things. And it's like, and then they take that into their trying to pray to God and be like, well, I don't hear this audible voice, booming voice from heaven, you know, like how do you encourage your kids to to stay faithful in prayer when maybe it, maybe it feels like they're just, there's not really that reply back, yeah. you know, or that sense mm-hmm. of connection back. Boy, that's great. I, I, you know, heard a story years ago of a guy, a priest who went to visit a parishioner in prison and he, uh, he was talking with him and the guy said, I, to his priest, he said, I, I cannot be forgiven after what happened last night. And what was that? He said, I spent the night yelling at God, cursing at God. And this wise priest said, we have a term for that as Christians. It's called prayer. <laughs> and there were wow. times when my most profound prayer going through the valley of the shadow of death was help, mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when we're praying with our kids, let's be real because mm-hmm. life is hard and they need to see that, yeah, you don't have to you know, pray a certain way all the time or just this little written prayer. Mm. Um, the, yeah, not that I'm against written prayers in any way, but you know, that mom and dad are real, mm-hmm. are real and celebrate answered prayer. You know, not, not hokey stuff, you know, not the fact that, that my plane didn't crash this time into the water like Clara, Clara prayed. I thank Clara for praying for me, of course. Mm-hmm. But let's be real about it mm-hmm. and let mm-hmm. our kids be real. And sometimes they're going to feel like yelling. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're going to say, I've been yelling. That would be a wonderful thing to hear from them. Yeah. But my favorite three prayers are help, thanks, and awesome. Mm. Because that's what it's been. I see a Gap t-shirt coming now and I, I know what it stands for. It's God answers prayer. <laughs> and I've watched this in these grandchildren's lives mm. of them coming to a place of understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ mm. and saying, that's, that's what I want. That's what I, I want that kind of love. Mm. Um, you know, a, a friend of mine that I was able to see come to Christ, uh, he was an atheist and just loved to swear as much as he could around me. And, and it, was, it was great. Well, I just loved being with him mm-hmm. and hanging out for pizza. But he said, when he saw my life mm-hmm. and he was in our home and he saw what we were dealing with and our children were smaller then, he said, you know that foreigner song, I wanna know what love is? He said, that's my song. I would give anything to have the kind of love you have. Wow. And I said, Frank, you know, where it's found. It's, it's not something great I've done. It's, yeah. it's by grace. And it wasn't long before he came to Christ. And wow. we pray the same for our children, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, being real and authentic and sharing in the hardships, like, is there a, I guess we just have to discern if kids are too young to kind of know some of the hardships or is it just, do we just tell a five-year-old? I'm just thinking of my own life with young kids. Do you share some of those things with them early share some of what like what just the hardships or some of the you that, know, yeah we're struggling with this we're struggling with that like do you let them in even pretty early or do you think that would make them scared or you know be more honest with kids than than you think i yeah. mean you know i i'm i'm for doing that that doesn't mean you dump everything yeah, yeah, yeah. mommy and daddy had a fight last <laughs> night and she was wrong you know uh, <laughs> You know, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you use mm. your brain yeah. and, yeah. you know, there, there's age appropriate stuff yeah, in so many sure. areas, but I think too many parents, like with the adoption thing, it's like, ah, oh, we're waiting till they're 28 before we'll tell them that they are adopted. 
no, no, show them how much they're loved mm. and tell them how much. I tell Andre and, and, and Maya, his little sister, I've, I don't know how many times I've told them about the first time I got to see you, you know, and your parents got to hold you and good grief, we love you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think we can be more open as it relates to telling them about Jesus. It's part of who you are. It's the most important thing yeah. about you. Yeah. And, and so it's good. Yeah. I, I don't think pushing them, it's not our job to save our children. Hmm. You know, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's, that's God's territory. But we give them the tools that we yeah. can. That's to a good them. word. I feel yeah. like oftentimes I make it my responsibility. Like I, I just put so much pressure on myself. It's because I really want this for them so badly, but uh, I can't do it. Nope. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, that's a good word. And I think, I think kids love to feel like they're participating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And so, like, if it's beneficial, you know what I mean. And and I will say too, like, when Bonnie and I have had an argument, we also do tell her, and the kids have seen, like, oh, mom and dad are talking pretty intensely to each other. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we also tell them, hey, so mom and dad, we made up, we talked about it through, we worked this out. You know what I mean? And, and they're able to handle that. But like, I think. I think kids do feel a sense of like, oh wow, like this is what this is what we could be praying into that they feel like we mm. trust them and that like they can be a part of this and they're part of the family, they're part of the journey, part of the mm. team. You know, like they're wearing the jersey, like might as yeah. well play. You know, yeah. what I mean, like yeah, come good. come be a part of it. And so, but you do have to be discerning and like what's what's gonna be a healthy what's gonna motivate them, but not like burden them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think. I think yeah. you just knowing your kids and trying to be a student of your kids is going to help yeah. help with that for sure. Yeah. Um, Cause we have some kids that are just feel, feel things deeper. Um, some kids that are more just heady and just like, don't really lean into their emotions yes. as much more yeah. just like those logical straight lines. This is how things go. Yeah. Um, and then some kids who are just the emotional artist types. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And don't lie to them when you're having arguments. Don't say you're, you're role playing for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> playing for the new uh yeah, yeah that's exactly. funny <laughs> for the new batman movie <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so funny yeah. um this has been a very great conversation i feel like um you know for those who are listening uh if you have fears of having kids uh just talking about the blessings with these guys um and if you have kids and you're trying to help guide them and steer them again the pressure is not on you to save them but to give them tools resources to live authentically to have good healthy rhythms of prayer and church and you know if your kids are like i don't want to go to church it's like well we're going to church mm-hmm. like this is just a part of what we do as a family um and so just kind of creating healthy rhythms for them uh, I, it's just uh really really important and not depending on the church to put on programs to teach them about god but live an example of a godly life in your home. Uh, very, very great. Uh, your resource coming out in November, um, Jake's series, first one yeah. in print. Very excited about Jake that. Jake and the Christmas surprise. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I get my free copy, Mennonite style. And uh, no, I'm just getting, no, special two, price. Two bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I will make sure I get one because, you know, our, our kids love to read. I think that's a good tradition to Oh, to man, create. it's one of the best things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every night if you can do it. Yeah, and Michelle... Go for it like trained our kids like every night bedtime is always stories and now they just so look forward do you read do you guys read at night oh yeah yeah it's like it's the best time 
to just wind down. You're in your jammies. You snuggle in and read stories. So I know I'll be reading that story that you put out uh, later this year. Let me read this from Psalm 78. Mm -hmm. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, mm. about his power and his mighty wonders. Mm. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so mm. the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. Wow. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. I love that. That's Psalm 78. Oh. That's, so I good. think, what so good. we've been doing. Amen. You Amen. guys are doing. So Keep it up. The, the, I'm telling you the rewards are mm. glorious. Mm. We are experiencing that with 14 grandkids and Praise just what a gift. with great gratitude, you know, yeah. knowing, man, I wasn't prepared to have this many people I was ready to take a bullet for. Wow. Huh? You've already experienced that. Yeah. You just, there's yeah. nothing you wouldn't do. Yeah. You love these kids. Yeah. Keep it up. Praise God, man. So good. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today. I know you fly soon. My pleasure. You got to get to the airport. And uh, Brian, thank you for being with us. Uh, remember, everybody, November 17, 18, Union Conference, the Union Conference, uh, theunionmovement.com. Yeah. You can go there, figure out all the information, sign up, register. It's happening. Yeah, we're pumped. It's going to be an awesome time. I think we're going to be, we're going to be. Uh, yeah, there's some things in the there's works. There's some in-depth stuff going on yeah. with that too. So we're going to be there. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be So fire. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for your time. Wow. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Chris, for your time. Thank you, Marcus, behind the camera for your time. Mm -hmm. And thank you for tuning in and watching. We hope you had some great resources uh, that you leave this conversation encouraged and blessed um, for the season ahead for you guys. Uh, but um, enjoy the rest of your week or whenever you're watching this, and we'll see you next Monday.